Episode four of All About Adelphi is sponsored by the Adelphi Racing Club. The Adelphi Racing Club is a partnership in every sense of the word, not a syndicate, and our members are treated like partners, not investors. If you're interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals, like yours truly, and having an interactive ownership experience, we are the right fit for you. Adelphi offers a variety of partnership options, including yearlings, two-year-olds in training, private purchases, and claiming options. Join the club today. There's information on the bottom of the screen to get in touch with racing manager, Matt Cuter. And now, let's start episode four of All About Adelphi. Hello and welcome to episode four of All About Adelphi, right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining me in this special episode, as we will have a detailed conversation with the very successful jockey that rides partially for the Adelphi Racing Club, Trevor McCarthy. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. We greatly appreciate that. Also, smash that like button, which will tell YouTube this is a great show. And also hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise on the HHH Racing Podcast. And boy, do we have new content coming up for you as the Breeders' Cup is only a week and a half away. And we are going to have six, that's right, count them, six live shows just on the Breeders' Cup themselves. You do not want to miss those shows so please make sure you hit that notification bell of course you can uh follow me on twitter you can see at the bottom of the screen at h kravitz and we'll go ahead and uh there's also a scroll we usually have on the bottom of the screen i don't have it up right now h kravitz horse at gmail.com again h kravitz horse spellings there on the bottom at gmail.com is the way to get in touch with me you can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. So check out those listening platforms as well. Two other quick items, especially for those of you that are partners of the Adelphi Racing Club. We have fantastic power picks. They're tips of, of the day. It's basically a tip sheet. Look below the video player for information. It is a month-long subscription. It's only $15.99. Here's the best part. We have two blowout editions for the Breeders' Cup, and there's no extra charge for that. It's only $4. That's right. Four bucks for two huge blood editions on the Breeders' Cup. We're going to cover every race will be on there. We're going to have ABC grids for you. Pick four and pick five players. We also have, are going to have spot plays and price plays. This is a, an opportunity you do not want to miss. Check out below the video player for information about our power picks. And also, we have a wonderful website, HHH Racing Podcast. Dot com. Please check all that out. All right. Before we bring on our wonderful uh, guest, Trevor McCarthy, let's bring on my co-host from the East Coast and the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Howard. Paul, how are you doing today? Good evening, Uncle Howard. I'm doing good. Paul, a little loud perhaps on the mic. I don't know if you want to turn it down just a little bit there. Paul, we're going to bring on Trevor here in just a second, and I'm really uh, proud of everything that Trevor has done. He's really had... Uh, a fantastic year. We're going to get into that. I know you cover Saratoga uh, quite a bit for the Saratoga special. That's a very tough beat to break in, uh, <laughs> for sure. I believe Trevor called it the Super Bowl of beats. I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah, he really, and he paid his dues, Howard. You know, he broke in in Maryland in 2011, and I believe he made the move to New York right around 2020. I think it was <clears throat> right, right before or during the pandemic, but you know, that room at Saratoga, you, you know, you could go in there with a blindfold on and just tap a jockey on the shoulder 
and get a great ride, you know, and, and he has really held his own and, you know, we'll talk to him about it, but you know, Howard, those of us who bet the races tend to pay attention, uh, you know, to little details. And when I think of Trevor, I think of a guy who rides his horse to the wire all out every time, you know, again, within reason, I'm not talking about a horse 20 legs behind, but there are guys and, and there are great jockeys who, you know, they know they're not going to win. And all of a sudden they lose that second place to third. And, you know, it's bad for the owner. It's certainly bad for those of us who have them second to the exacta. Trevor is a guy uh, that I actually believe he's similar to his brother-in-law, Dylan, in this regard. He, he rides to the wire every time. And uh, I, I, I think he's terrific. I, I have an affinity for guys who work their way up the circuit. He started in the Mid-Atlantic. I write a lot about the Mid-Atlantic, and, and I'm, I'm really happy we're having him. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. That's a, I can't give a better introduction you just did right there, Paul. So let's bring him on uh, from the New York area. We're really excited to have the one and only Trevor McCarthy. Trevor, how you doing tonight? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor, we got a lot to talk about, obviously, in a relatively short amount of time. We do want to talk about your background, of course. We have some video uh, to show as well about some great rides you've had recently and some wonderful wins. And, of course, we also want to focus on the Adelphi Racing Club and talk about some wins you've had for them and your relationship with all the wonderful people at Adelphi. Paul already touched on it just a little bit, but, Trevor, if you could just expound how you got started very quickly into racing and where you started your first mounts. Yeah, listen, I, I started from racing about uh, being around my father, who was a jockey for a long time. He rode for 22 years, um, and he retired back in 2002. Uh, after his retirement, he began training, and uh, I followed him as a small child, watching him ride, watching him train, and uh, being around him as a trainer, uh, spending a lot of time in the barn around horses, learning the horsemanship. Uh, and and um, he only lasted uh, training about eight years, and uh, eight, between eight and ten years. And uh, after that, I was kind of like, man, I, I just before he retired, I was just starting to get on horses and uh, ride race horses. You know, I always rode ponies and uh, you know maybe jogged the race horses in the barn, but I was never getting out on the racetrack with the race horses and. Uh, I was 13 years old. No, I'm yeah, I was 13, and I started getting on the horses, and I was galloping at Fair Hill, and um, he would pony me around the track with my pony, and uh, that's where I started to get my feet wet. And then he ended up retiring shortly after that, and uh, he put me in a in a great spot, and uh, we were very friendly with the Grand Motion family. And I was able to work there for four years and uh, learned. Uh, that's really where I blossomed. And I learned so much from that man. And I owe a lot of a lot of my career to him. Uh, he's been a huge supporter. And uh, look, I mean, it, it's just been a great relationship. Yeah, Fair Hill is uh, a really cool place. I've actually never been there, but I've heard great things in grab motion we're gonna we're gonna talk about grab motion a little bit later i'm sure you know why with a certain win that he had paul but paul before we get to your first question um your, your father michael mccarthy pretty darn good jockey how about 2907 career wins for michael mccarthy i remember watching your father ride paul i'm sure you know as well so i'm sure you had, you had great tutelage there uh paul go ahead with your first question for trevor Trevor, I wanted to uh, kind of jump to the present, if we could, if we uh, uh, get away from the past. You got your first grade one win, I believe, was on Highland Chief this May at Belmont. Is that correct? Yes. And now, the circumstance, were you just not at Keeneland the weekend of the Sycamore? You opted to stay in New York. I know Johnny V wrote in the last race. Any insight there and, and what might be happening going forward? Yeah, it's funny you say that. That's a, that's a pretty wild story. Uh, it was pretty devastating, but, uh, look, uh, more Graham, he was pointing for the Joe Hirsch and, uh, we had the option to ride Gufo or stay on Highland Chief. Oh, wow. Wow. So now 
I worked Gufo two weeks before the Joe Hirsch. And I had, we, I had worked him previously. I actually won on him. Uh, I won the Kent State tournament in Delaware as a three-year-old. And um, now I, I worked him before he won uh, Sword Dancer at Saratoga. Uh, Joel was out sick, so I filled in. And then I ended up working him again uh, two weeks before the Joe Hirsch. Um, and Christoph said, listen, there's a really good chance that uh, Joel is going to be at Keelan that day. Would you uh, want to ride Gufo? And I said, well, I'm already dedicated to riding Highland Chief. I know Graham is pulling for that race. Let me, you know, just double check with him and make sure he's still running. And at that time, he was still running. So um, I couldn't I couldn't ride Gufo. I told him uh, I'm already taken. I'm sorry. Um, so now I would say the day before entries, I, uh, get a phone call that Highland chief is sick. He come up with a fever and now I'm trying to get back on Gufo and, and the mount is already taken. Alvarado, uh, you know, took the, uh, took the mount. So now I ended up, uh, we ended up scrambling around and, and Graham says, Oh, how about, you know, bye-bye Melvin. I'm going to run bye-bye Melvin there. And rumor was that Mott was going to run Channel Maker. So he said, well, let me just check with Mott because he was looking for a rider for Channel Maker. So Mott says, okay, you have the mount for Channel Maker. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go in the race. And this was the day of, two hours before entries. He calls back an hour later. He changed his mind. He wasn't going to run Channel Maker. So now... <laughs> Now we try to get back on Bye Bye Melvin, and again, Mount was taken. So we ended up setting out the race, which was uh, a tough one. But um, it just, you know, wasn't quite meant to be. And uh, after that, you know, I was already committed to uh, staying at Aqueduct that day, and I guess Johnny had worked him at Keeneland, and uh, the owners wanted Johnny on the horse. And uh, look, Johnny gave him an excellent ride, great ride, and it was just it wasn't meant to be. So, uh, I wasn't too devastated. I was just, uh, I was happy to see the horse win and, uh, run such a great race and see him back in good form. Trevor, I have the Highland chief race up. Can you talk about Highland chief is the five right here. I remember this very well because you, <laughs> you son of a God knocked me out of the pick five along with a lot of other people, but I could not be more happy for you. I really, I didn't look, I, as an experienced handicapper, Trevor, I really felt bad after the race because the horse had really nice back form in Europe, and I completely underestimated him. And of course, you gave him a perfect ride. As we see here at the top, you know, mid stretch, they went very slow. Did you see? I'm assuming you saw Gufo, and of course, the Breeders' Cup champion Yabir to your right here. At this point, go ahead and walk us through the race as we as we close it out and tell us your thoughts in the final eighth mile here. Yeah, look, you know, we went so slow early. When we came to the middle of the turn, I said, well, you know, I, I still have some horse, and uh, my horse is a little one-paced. And if they're going to beat me, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to come and beat me. I, I'm just going to kind of make an early move, get my horse in a good rhythm, and, uh, you know, uh, if, if they're going to catch me on soft ground, they're going to catch me, you know. And, and you were you were kicking away a little. I mean, it wasn't like a photo finish. I mean, you were kicking away, and it was great to see Highland Chief also win. And and Paul Paul and I cashed very nicely on Highland Chief in the Sycamore at Keelan. So that would make you feel good knowing that even though you, you weren't uh, riding that day, of course, but just to see Highland Chief win again must have been pretty cool for you to see. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I'm, and I love to see Grand Motion win, and, you know, they're they're been so great to me. So – I, I wasn't upset with them at all. You know, I was a little bummed, you know, but, um, you know, happy to, to see the team back winning. Is he going to try for the turf, uh, Trevor, do you know? You know, I think they, they are going to shoot for it. I, I read something on social media the other day that I think they're going to take a take a look at that and uh, point for that British Cup. Oh, okay. Well, the pre-entries come out tomorrow, Paul, so we'll, we'll have an idea. Yeah, I mean, he's on he's on the list of pre-pre-entries. Right, right. That's why I was wondering. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Trevor, just very quickly before I move on to Adelphi horses and some other things, I mean, that had to be an incredible feeling. I remember your interview in the winner's circle and 
describe your emotions <laughs> after uh, getting your first grade one. Yeah, it was really special, you know, to, to get a grade one. And, you know, it, it was a long time coming. I've been riding for 10 years. And, I mean, there's been uh, a lot of states in Maryland that I've won that were old grade ones. And, uh, you know, look, it, it's, you know, to win it at Belmont Park, which is such a prestigious place, was really special too. And, and to win it for Graham, it was, it was even more special, you know. Um, here's a guy I rode my first race for. And uh, he had the horse 100% ready, but he didn't have the jockey 100% ready. Uh, I'll never forget his words. And the next day after the race, I was completely exhausted after the race. And I came back when I got off my horse, I finished second and uh, I fell. I, I, I had rubber legs. I was so weak. And uh, the next day he said, uh, horse ran good, huh? I said, yeah, horse ran really well. He said, yeah, I thought. I knew I had my horse uh, fit, he said. I didn't, I, and I thought I had my jockey fit, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, those, I mean, it, it's you guys are in incredible shape and incredible athletes. I have a ton of respect. Paul, as I let, allow you to ask the next question, I'm going to bring on the screen, Trevor and Paul. We don't have to talk about it specifically, although I do have a question I want to ask. Uh, Paul, as you ask your next question, I'm going to bring up Aquabase stats and show um, all of Trevor's graded stakes wins. As you go ahead and answer your next question, Paul. Trevor, I just wanted to ask you about, um, at some point, uh, I think uh, for you it was a few years ago, you make the decision after really dominating in Maryland to make that big move to New York. Tell me about that decision and how the transition went. We know it's obviously going well now, but tell us a little bit about that transition to uh, the probably the best racing circuit in the world. Yeah, look, uh, I, I, I came to New York my first year, actually, in, uh, in the winter of 2017 to 2018. I came here with uh, Steve Russian, and I had a good winter. And after that, I just kind of struggled through Belmont. And I was devastated, and I didn't want to leave. I, and I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to quit after that, really. I said, well, if, if I can't make it here in New York and I can't follow my dreams – then I just don't want to ride at all, you know, and uh, I went back to Maryland and I got my confidence back and I said, you know, what? maybe this is just how it's going to be. Maybe I'll just ride and, and uh, you know, and maybe a few more years I'll, I'll retire down the road. Um, and, you know, a couple more years later, I, I came back in 2020 during the pandemic. And uh, at that time, I was just, it, it came to the point where in Maryland, uh, I had so much business in the spring, summer, and fall. All my business would leave. A lot of it would leave in the wintertime. And I just didn't have the cheaper caliber of horses anymore. And um, I wasn't riding for the cheaper connections. And a lot of my clients went to Florida. And, uh, you know, it kind of all slowed down. And uh, I said, let me, let me take the shot and just go to New York for the winter. I kind of wanted to take some time away and uh, – you know, just see if I could, could do it again. And, you know, I kind of believed that, Hey, maybe, maybe I can do it, you know, and, and I built some confidence and I've served my time a little bit. Um, during 2020, it was like, I, I started the meet, I was one for 40. Um, and then a couple of guys got hurt. Lascano had to go get surgery. Uh, Dylan ended up getting hurt. Another kid Vargas ended up getting hurt. And I just said, you know what, here's my opportunity. I'm going to do the best I can with it. I'm going to improve myself as a rider. I'm going to improve myself as an athlete. And I'm going to say to myself, you know, if I don't make it this time, then I'm going to say to myself, okay, I did everything I could to make it. And if I'm just not good enough or if I just can't, you know, get the business, then that's fine. I'll go home, you know. And uh, I did. I made it. You know, I did really good in the wintertime. And then it followed through with the um, – Belmont spring meet and then uh, I, I had an opportunity after I won the Gotham to go out to California and I think that decision was to go to California to where there wasn't it's still a very good strong colony California of riders but it wasn't so deep as New York and um, I thought maybe I could squeeze my way in there and be a top rider there um, we're here there's so many young guys that are top riders and it's just going to take maybe a little bit longer for me to try and get to that spot. Um, as I've seen guys, 
I mean, even now it's taken some guys eight to 10 years to get to where they, uh, they are now. So I kind of made that move and it, and it, look, it didn't work. And, uh, I took the chance and I said to myself, I don't want to look back and say, Hey, I regretted uh, not going to California. You know, maybe that was a stone that would have been really big to open. And I came back, I had ankle surgery. I did a little work on my ankle. It had some uh, chips in my ankle. So I took the time, got healthy, and came back last winter. And I hooked up with my agent now, Joe Migliori. And uh, we had a knockout winner. We finished second in the standings. Yeah, Terrific. I mean, quite the journey. I, I know we probably don't want to talk about California too much, but I, I do want to say that you, what your stats were in California. And the reason I want to do that, Trevor, is obviously not to knock you down, but just to show you how tough a competitor you are and just how hard this game is. You went to California and you were one for 48 at San Nita and five for 94 at Del Mar. I have to ask you, what did you learn out there? I, you know, were the jockey styles different? I'm sure, although it was frustrating, you didn't have a lot of wins. You certainly should have. I'm assuming you did take some things back home out east from what you learned in California. Yeah, look, I, I, I didn't learn so much riding, but I learned so much probably about myself. And, um, you know, I was just – I was kind of bummed too. I, I didn't take off there. But, you know, I, I just thought to myself, okay, well, this is not where I'm supposed to be, you know. Um, they have a it's, a – it's a really big quarter horse mentality there, uh, very speed, everybody's speedy. And I just realized that that wasn't me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that kind of rider to where I get run out of horses by riding a horse from gate to wire, um, especially, you know, burning them up on the front end. Yeah. Uh, so I, I learned a lot. It was a great experience. And I just learned a lot about myself. And uh, look, I, I met some really great people and, and good connections. And, uh, you know, it's, it's benefited it's definitely benefited me for the, uh, for the long haul. Well, let's talk about the transition to New York and specifically with Adelphi. Um, I, I do my research. I know Paul did as well. Joe Vingliori and yourself, you guys are about the same age. And um, I know Joe's had some very special things going on with his family recently that I'm sure people, when they watch this, will, will hear about through, through Twitter and other avenues. Uh, fantastic family. Obviously his father is well known. Um, Joe's mother was, was is into horse racing as well. Talk about your relationship with Joe Migliori uh, and how that brought you to Adelphi Racing. Yeah, look, uh, Joey, he's been a, a great he's done a great job. He's he really has. He's impressed me. And uh, when I was in California, he got whiffed that I was coming back, and uh, he ended up calling me when I was out there and wanting to be my agent. And I thought there's no, I, I hung up from the phone and I said to my wife, there's no way I could take an agent that's never been an agent before. Right. Like that would just be, <laughs> you know, that would just be stupid. Right. Pretty ballsy. Right. And I said to my wife, I said, this is a move uh, now is like, you know, I, I can't screw this move up. You know, this is, this is going to be a, a ride or die thing. Uh, I have to make the right decision. And after weighing all my options, I thought to myself, man, it might be the right thing. And uh, look, it's paid off big time. Uh, I took a big risk in Joey, and he proved himself like he promised. And he worked hard. He was dedicated. And, uh, and he did it. He, he, proved, he proved a lot of people wrong. And a lot of people told me that I was absolutely insane. And... <laughs> I said, you know what, I, I definitely am an insane, but I had faith in it. I did, and so did he, and we both knew we were going to do whatever it, it took to make it. So, and we, I, I, and hope we Richie, it. I hope Richie was not the guy that said you're insane. Uh, no, <laughs> <bothered>. no. <laughs> uh, Paul, go ahead. <laughs> um, speaking of New York, Trevor, we can't have you on without talking about the uh, – we all owe you a debt of gratitude for you and your wife – uh, getting rid of the archaic rule that New York had with the coupling of the automatic coupling of entries. Um, I, my opinion is that the, the era of coupled entry should go away for everyone, not just, you know, not just married couples, but uh, for people who don't know, right. It was, if, if you two were in the same race, 
your horses automatically had to be coupled, correct? Yes. And and that if you want to, you used the word insane a few minutes ago. That that is insane. And you guys were pretty outspoken about it. probably more Katie than you. And you know what? Uh, you guys fought the law and uh, you won. You you, you got to change. So tell tell a little bit about that process. I give all the credit to my wife, Katie. Uh, good answer, Trevor. That. Good answer. Yeah. For, not just one. for this question. That's a good answer to a lot yeah. of questions. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I've learned that over the past few years now. <laughs> but but really, honestly, I, I have to give her all the credit because uh, for me, I, I was a little shocked, shocked by it. And she was the one that really opened up the can. And I was kind of more passive to where... I kind of was like, man, I, I don't know how, how much I want to dig into this. And I, I need to do my job. I need to focus on doing my job and trying to make it here. And uh, look, I, I'm, I'm really proud of her. I wish maybe back then I was a little bit more supportive, but I was scared. And, uh, you know, I think that she did a great job. And it, it just proved, you know, to a lot of people that, you know, things can be changed. Rules can be changed. And, uh, you know, with everybody's support, we are both very thankful and, and appreciative of all that. Trevor, talk a little bit about your relationship now with Adelphi Racing, obviously through Joe Migliori. I know we talked before we went on air about Matt Terry, who does a fantastic job. Adelphi has been on a roll lately. Uh, yours truly has a piece of uh, funny how, which we're going to talk about, the uh, you know, the Philly uh, that's now won uh, two races in a row. Talk about your um, experiences with Matt Coutier and specifically the partners at Adelphi Racing Club. Yeah, look, I, I'm very appreciative of everybody in Adelphi uh, Racing Club, especially Matt Coutier, who's been a huge supporter. And uh, I, I couldn't be, you know, like I said, more appreciative. Uh, we've had a good run. Uh, we've had a few winners. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I just, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Well, it's it's very competitive in New York. You you know, Saratoga, as we mentioned, was top. You finished 14th in the standings with six wins, but you were 30% in the money. And I bet Saratoga all the time, as does Paul. So you had a lot of nibbles, so to speak. You just hard to get in the winner's circle, but it's a very difficult meet. And you've already, you're ninth right now in the standings at uh, Belmont at Aqueduct. You've already earned almost as much money at the Belmont Aqueduct meet as you have at Saratoga. So just to, goes to show you uh, how difficult Saratoga is. Can you talk? Is that, I'm going to bring up Funny How here, uh, and we're going to talk about her last race, but talk about that first Saratoga meet for yourself. Yeah, Saratoga was really tough, and it was a long summer. We were, uh, we were traveling back and forth between Saratoga and Colonial Downs. We were riding seven days a week, and it was just a lot. And uh, look, we did really good. At, we, we did well at Colonial. And uh, we won some stakes down there. And uh, look, I mean, Saratoga is a really tough place. And I wish, uh, you know, I was able to spend a little bit more time on it, which I would probably do next year and not so much colonial on the off days, but really try and focus on Saratoga. And, and uh, look, it, it's hard. I lost a little bit of confidence at Saratoga meet. And, um, you know, I got bumped around a lot. I got a lot of seconds. And, uh, you know, there were a few really tough beats. And the yeah. game was testing us. And sure. uh, I just was trying to stay positive and trying to get through the meet. And uh, now I kind of know what to expect for next year. Well, we appreciate your honesty because, I mean, confidence, Paul, is important in, you know, any professional athlete, basketball, football, and especially in horse racing. You, you start losing a little bit, Paul, and all of a sudden you start questioning yourself, right? Well, absolutely. Any sport. And, and you know, it's I, I think, Trevor, it's got to be exacerbated. We talked at the beginning about the quality of the room up there. And, you know, you're not going to stumble into to a win at Saratoga because uh, someone else has given a bad ride to a horse. You know, it, it's just it's so competitive. But, hey, I remember I think it was three years ago. You know, you see we've seen what Tyler Gaffleyone has done the last few years and leading rider in Kentucky and. I remember distinctly talking to him in the, uh, in, in the winner's circle at Saratoga after a stakes. Uh, he was like one for 40-something. I think that was 2019. At that time, I think it was his second win of the meet in his 
second something mount, whatever it was. So, I mean, it, you know, but I, I do, you mentioned Trevor, the lack of confidence. If it's, if you're going to lose your confidence, I would think it could happen a lot faster up there than, uh, you know, the aqueduct winter meet. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even like a guy like Tyler in the beginning of the meet, that made me feel uh, a little bit better where he came off such a highlight Churchill and uh, he had a struggle to the beginning of the meet uh, there at Saratoga. And uh, even a guy like Pratt struggled uh, to get going yep. uh, sure at did. first. And, and he really, uh, the last month, I mean, he he fired a lot of wins th- that last month. But, uh, you know, it really made me realize, like, wow, like, this guy's not doing that great. That guy's not. And it's like if these guys who have been here and, and they're well-established and some of them guys were in the Hall of Fame and, and uh, you know, they didn't have that many wins either. You know, it's just like, wow, it just goes to show how, how insanely tough it is. Trevor, let's talk about Funny How, and then we'll get to our 10 minutes. We'll talk about a few other quick uh, mentions to our other Adelphi horses, and then we'll get to our 10 minutes to post segment. Again, we, we're here with Trevor McCarthy. Really appreciate you coming out of the HHH Racing Podcast uh, tonight, Trevor. Here's Funny How. I was sitting at home. Like I said, I have a very small piece of this horse. Funny How's the one. This is her last win. You can see her uh, on the rail here. I'm gonna let, uh, this is without sound, so there's no announcer here. You can talk about uh, as the race goes through. You just got a w- wonderful trip, sort of tipped out into the three path, uh, into the stretch, found a hole, and went on. Talk about Funny How and how good you think this New York bred filly uh, could be as we go ahead and, and roll the tape here. Yeah, look, I mean, she, she got a great position. There was plenty of speed in the race, and uh, I had her down on the inside where it wasn't the best place to be, but that's where we drew. And uh, I just wanted to keep her uh, as clean as I could for a while. And uh, I knew the two horse was going to take me a long way, but I knew come mid-turn that I had to get outside into the better part of the track. Um, and here I'm kind of debating on whether I should go out or, or slip through. And right here it just opened up like the Red Sea. And I said, okay, I can slip through and really get off the rail and get onto a better part of the track. And, um, you know, when I really threw a couple of crosses at her and gave her some encouragement with the riding crop, she really um, finished strong and she really uh, improved well. You know, I thought, you know, the six and a half would be a benefit for her, and it was. I mean, she had a really nice gallop out, too. And um, there's a bright future for this filly. Yeah, she she I, she gallops. I like her reach, Trevor. I mean, you're 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 obviously know a lot more in horse racing than I do, but I, I like the way that she galloped out. I like the way that she reaches out. She's competitive, and for a late, you know, sort of a late three-year-old, um, she's still developing and has more upside, I think. And I talked to Matthew Terror uh, on uh, Saturday after the races, and I mentioned to him, and I'm curious to see what Ray Handel does, who. We haven't talked about it yet, but Ray Handel does a tremendous job with his barn as well. I think this really could stretch out maybe all the way up to a one-turn mile. Uh, what's your thought? I think so, too. You know, I, I think she might be able to get a mile. You know, it's just right now she's she's running good at these sprint races. She's got great tactical speed. And, uh, look, I'll leave it up to you guys, Matt and, and Ray, to kind of make the decision on that But uh, for, for going forward. But – you know, I, I think she's in really good form right now. And it's funny, my wife gallops her every day. She works okay. for Ray. And uh, she comes home every day. Actually, she came home this morning and she said uh, she jogged her. And uh, she said she came out of that race really well. So, um, you know, everything looks good so far. Well, we're very excited about Funny How. And just very quickly, I also want to mention, because we have a lot of uh, partners and people interested in Delphi watching the show. You've written Community Adjusted, who's a nice... Uh, turf horse that goes long that's had some nice wins as well that's very consistent, runs in the high 70s, low 80s, allowance company, and then a the very fast call a horse called Drink the Wind who's had some success, so certainly uh, Ray Handel, Matt Cuter Joe Liori, the Adelphi crew has put you in some nice spots to get some wins or some placings Absolutely, and, I, and I'm very fortunate Absolutely. Paul, any other quick questions before we get to our 10 minutes post? No, and this may be covered in the 10 minutes of post, but uh, we, we talked off air, uh, Trevor. You, you married into quite the racing uh, quite the racing family from your father-in-law, who was a 
terrific, terrific jockey to your wife, of course. And as I mentioned, uh, back from her Suffolk Downs days, one of my favorite people in racing, Jackie Davis. I, I went back and dug up, I wrote a story on her going into opening day at Suffolk Downs. And I, I just thought it was like, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. I went back and found it before we came on the air. 2011, 11 years ago. But she was yeah. actually a top three. She was a top three jockey at Suffolk Downs. And, and, and I think, you know, one of the most pleasant people I've ever come across. And, of course, Dylan is a terrific jockey. I know Ed, Edmund is a trainer. So um, I think we know what's talked about at the Thanksgiving table, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I would say every night horse racing. <laughs> Absolutely. And you and Katie have a, a, an up-and-coming jockey uh, in your stable, right? Absolutely. I hope she's uh, as tall as me, or maybe even taller, so she's not a jockey. <laughs> I My wife you. wants well, her to be a jockey, and I don't. So it's, it's a little dispute. Paul, that, that Thanksgiving dinner always tastes well because Trevor currently has $8.266 million dollars in earnings in this year, which is his second, actually his third highest ever, Trevor. But I, I got a feeling you're gonna get very close to your highest earnings. And Paul, if anyone knows about how much, uh, what percent a jockey earns off those earnings, Trevor's doing just fine. I think Thanksgiving dinner is gonna taste real well. And I know you got more wins in you, Trevor, uh, the rest of this year. Let's go to, let's go to our fun uh, segments on the show, Trevor. And it is called 10 Minutes to Post. 10 minutes to post. Trevor, this is going to be 10 fun, rapid-fire questions. They could be about anything. You'll, you'll be surprised. You don't know. You can take 10 seconds to answer them. You can, tell, you can take two minutes. It's really completely up to you. Uh, this has been a very popular segment we have on your show. The questions will be on the bottom of the screen, Trevor, and Paul and I are going to alternate asking the questions. Are you ready for 10 minutes to post, Trevor? All right, here we go. First question. What was the first moment you fell in love with horses or horse racing? Uh, first moment would have to be watching my father ride, you know, uh, just remembering him riding. And that's all I wanted to do right from that start. I, whatever he did, I wanted to do. And I, I, I couldn't wait to do it. I, I'd go to a preschool across the street from Delaware Park. There was a preschool there. And uh, as soon as I got out of preschool, I went over to the track with my mother and we uh, rooted on my dad and I loved every second of it. Beautiful. Paul? Uh, preferences, turf, dirt, root, sprint. I'm going to do uh, turf sprint is probably my favorite. I there you go, Howard. I Howard can't Howard, figure Howard. those races out. So I, I, I hate to interrupt, but Paul knows why, Trevor. By far, and I've been handicapping for 30 years, by far, my least favorite race to handicap are turf sprints, only because, and you can talk about this if you'd like or not, it just feels like any little mistake, any any stumble, any quite steady, and in a turf sprint specifically, especially going five, it's just almost impossible to recover from that. Yeah, the five-eighths is really tough. I mean, that that is tough, but, you know, more the five-and-a-half, six, I like. Uh, Seven-eighths at Belmont's really fun, too. Um, and I love an inside draw turf sprint. You know, Excellent. You're able, you're able to shoot out of there a little bit, get some position, save ground. And uh, look, I, I just feel like it's more of a spread out race, you know, so you can always kind of follow somebody and get through somewhere. And uh, I, I don't know. I just enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. I, I look forward to it. And uh, there's nothing better than sitting in the pocket when you're loaded on the turf and waiting for that seam to open and just shoot for it, you know. It's Trevor, I got I got two quick questions that come to mind, Paul. This is outside of the 10 minutes to post, but we have such a great opportunity to talk to a jockey. Two quick questions. One, did you have a chance to ride down the hill six and a half at Santa Anita when you were there? Number one, oh, you did. That's too bad. They weren't Number using two, it, right? Yeah, oh, they weren't they using weren't. it. That's right, because of the ridiculous. Yeah. Right? And number two, Trevor, um, how, how in-depth do you look at the PPs before the race of other horses and other jockeys, you talk about following horses. Isn't it important for jockeys to know which horses slash which jockeys to follow within a race so you don't get you know shuffled back or caught behind? Absolutely. Uh, well, first question. Yeah, I did not ride it downhill, which I was pretty devastated about, but um, they, they weren't riding that race when I was out there. And actually, after I left, they started riding it uh, back in the fall. So it was just a bit unfortunate. But 
uh, maybe I'll get the chance to do it one day. And uh, second question is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank now. Second uh, question. With reading the PPs, so you know yes, PPs, right. to follow, especially in surf racing. Absolutely. I mean, that's just uh, dirt racing as well. It's, it's every race. You're watching replays, and sometimes you watch replays of other horses, too, that are in the race. And uh, you have to. You definitely have to pay attention on who to follow and who's going to be around you and uh, who you don't want to follow is most important as well. And, uh, look, I, I handicap. Um, you know, we, we get to the to the track around 10, 1030, and post time 1230. So I get in there, I lose some weight, and then uh, – I'll stretch and warm up for a little bit. And, and then I like to dissect the, the program, the PPs. And, uh, you know, even the night before or even the morning of, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of dig into it and maybe watch a couple of replays in between working horses and uh, maybe go over and uh, see some trainers and talk strategy about uh, this afternoon's race. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely dig deep in it. Uh, Trevor, the best jocks room slash facilities in the country. Uh, I've been to a couple really rough jock rooms, and I've been to a couple really nice jock rooms. Uh, it's a shame. I, I thought Arlington really had a nice jock room when I was there. Um, the Gulfstream Park's got a really nice jock room. It's, it's basically new. Um, you yeah. know, here in New York, uh, Saratoga, their jock room is nice. Uh, you know, Belmont's is nice too, Aqueduct, but they're old. You know, they're old, but they're nice. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd have to give it to Arlington. Trevor, I live, uh, God rest its soul, I live 20 minutes away from Arlington. It's my home track. Oh. It's, it's really a shame. It was. It's just a beautiful, I, I, I hate to say was, it is a beautiful facility. Uh, Paul, you got the next question. Ooh. <laughs> Who's the biggest trash-talking jockey? We should have guesses on this, but go ahead. Whether it be uh, during the race or in the jocks room, either one. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy who talks a lot of trash is Kendrick Carmooch. <laughs> but he uh but he means it in a good way you know yeah he's always joking around having fun and uh trash talking or you know just messing around so we have a lot of fun he seems like a great guy uh next question the most funny or humorous <laughs> thing said to you from a fan on your way back to the jocks room after a race is there anything and you, this doesn't have to be pg you can say yeah. whatever you can this say. has to be at saratoga going through the crowd you know what it's it's not it, if huh? anything it's at aqueduct and uh, that's a rough crowd at aqueduct <laughs> and uh i had i had the other day i had a guy yell down to me uh get the fuck out of here and go to finger lakes uh, I've heard it all. I've heard uh, you'll never be good as your father. You know, go home and I mean, I, I've I've heard so many that I just I, I just have to even block it out now. I don't even pay attention yeah. to it. Well, th those don't sound funny or humorous, but but obviously very memorable for sure. Yeah, I just I've, gotta, I've had some. Just uh, brush I've, that off, right? Try yeah, brush, brush that it off. And I've had some pretty nasty social media messages as well. That are that were probably pretty sickening, uh, you know, That's guys saying, uh, you know, we hope you get paralyzed and this and that, oh, and it's like, man, you guys are you guys are tough, man, you guys are tough. Man, Trevor, just ignore all that crap. HR Twitter, better known as horse racing Twitter, can be a lot of fun. It could also be a complete cesspool. So I would highly recommend you stay away from it in general. Uh, next Absolutely. question goes to you, Paul. What's the first suggestion you have to the Jockeys Guild to improve safety for the riders? Yeah, look, I, I've worked a little bit with the Jockeys Guild. I, I, I like to kind of get involved with that. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the safety has changed big time already. Uh, if anything, it's safer now than when I started. It, it's way more safer now than when I started uh, 10 years ago. Um, I think the Jockeys Guild has done a great job. Um, if anything, sometimes, you know, I just wish, uh, we were a little bit more stronger when it comes to the turf racing. Um, sometimes the course can get really bad and, uh, you know, we get some pressure from management to race on it, uh, probably when we shouldn't be racing, but, uh, look, I think everybody still has the idea to look out for one another out there on a bad course. And that's where we kind of all come together and, uh, stick together on that end. That's interesting. Uh, Trevor, which hurts a jockey more, getting suspended for several days or a big fine? I would say a suspension. Um, 
hurts the most. You know, this is where you lose winners, you lose horses, and uh, look, some of those horses could run good and can win, and maybe they can win a, a stake and they go on and be a good horse, or maybe you lose a really good maiden and he goes on to be a good horse, and we're a fine, uh, yeah, fine hurts, but it might not hurt as bad as watching a horse all year going doing something really well. So uh, I'll say uh, the suspension. All right, we got three more questions, Trevor. Again, appreciate your time. Paul? You know, Howard, I was going to ask this question outside of the 10 minutes to post, believe it or not. I believe uh, So hats off to you, Howard, for a good question. Uh, which jockey has given you the best advice, and what did he or she say? You know, I'd have to say uh, a jockey right now who's, who's giving really good advice would be Joao Rosario. And he always just says to just go out there and don't forget to have fun. Uh, don't forget to enjoy it. Uh, but my dad, his biggest advice was don't ever be afraid to lose. And, um, you know, I, I think that's been a really good thing for me to, you know, riding horses and just saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to set a good trip or I'm going to set a trip that I think that I can win. And, um, look, sometimes you get through, sometimes you don't get through and, uh, you just have to have confidence, you know, and, uh, you just, you, you can't be afraid to lose. Joel seems, uh, pretty even keeled Trevor in, a, in an intense sport. And I know you guys are athletes and you get fired up to a degree, but he seems to be, among the most even-keeled guys from, well, not too far, but from, from afar. Is that fair? I think he is the most calm person I've ever met. I think nothing can get to that guy. <laughs> I've seen like, I've seen Asmussen tear him apart. I've seen other guys, you know, tear him apart, uh, fans. And uh, Joel will come back in the room with a smile on his face and uh, – you know, he likes to dance. He likes to joke around. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like, how does that guy – how did he? How does, how does he do that? How does he – you know, somebody just ripped him a new one, you know, saying that he gave a horse a bad ride, and he's happy as can be, you know. But he's just so good at just turning the page and forgetting about it, and he'll go out there and ride the next race, and he'll do the same thing. He'll sit down on the fence. He'll get through somewhere, and he'll ride a – incredible race and you just you just see it in his riding as well how just laid back and cool calm and collected he is I mean, you might see some dance video from trevor i'll have to send that along with joel rosario <laughs> paul we'll put that on the show two more questions trevor uh the most talented horse you've ever ridden and i want to just preface by saying it doesn't have to be, you know, Highland Chief. If Highland Chief is the most talented, maybe you've got on a horse in the morning that you thought would be amazing and didn't quite pan out. Just pure talent and ability. Yeah, look, I, I feel like that I rode, I broke her maiden, and uh, I, I didn't get the follow, and that was my own fault. I was just a little young at the time, and uh, it was Miss Temple City. I broke her maiden. Oh, wow. And uh, Graham says to me, listen, I, I think you uh, should really follow this filly. I think she's going to be good. And uh, my agent didn't want to go to Gulfstream and ride her. He didn't want to go all the way to Gulfstream. He didn't want to take off the car at Laurel to go ride one horse at Gulfstream. And uh, look, I ended up breaking my wrist like a few weeks later after she won in Gulfstream. And uh, I, I would have lost her anyways. But uh, it, it was just nice to see how great of a career she had and, and all the success she had. She beat the boys and she was a pretty impressive filly. Real nice. Paul, you've got the last question of the night. Other than the Derby or the Breeders' Cup Classic, which race would you like to win the most? Uh, I would love to win the Dubai World Cup. That's a good that would one. Be a, that's a pretty special race. And, uh, wouldn't have anything to do with the $10 million purse, would it, Trevor? <laughs> that might have something to do with it. <laughs> You know, but uh, I think that's really cool. I, just to even like to win a, a race out in a different country, I think is really neat. And uh, I've been lucky to win a race in uh, two races in Canada, a stake included. And uh, but to, to win the Dubai World Cup, you know, I think that's 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 a huge achievement. Yeah. Graham, Graham can help you there, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> you might be right. He's done it once. 
Yes. Do you, do you have another animal? Let's just ask him. He's got another animal kingdom in the barn. I'm sure Oof. he can uh, hop on that horse. Uh, listen, Trevor, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, sorry, my screen's a little blurry. I can see. Happy. I, I'm, I hope you enjoyed the show. Any final comments for uh, especially partners of Adelphi Racing Club or any racing fans out there? I just want to say thank you to uh, to all the fans and all the supporters, and thank you to Adelphi. And uh, I'm looking forward to riding more for you guys and winning more races. We we look forward to that too, Paul. Any final thoughts? <laughs> And I just, Trevor, uh, Breeders Cup, anything, or will you be in New York? You know, I had the chance to go uh, ride one at, at the Breeders' Cup, but uh, I think I'm going to end up staying in New York that weekend. Well, I am coming to Aqueduct that weekend, Trevor, just to, to play and watch and play the live racing, so I will be down to say hello. Good, good. Please, you, just don't yell at me like uh, the other No, no, I don't <laughs> no, no, those days are gone. I know, I've heard it. You can, you can ask Jackie about the Suffolk Downs crowd. The Suffolk Downs crowd uh, would be oh, very similar to the Aqueduct crowd. Okay. Yeah, you, them Boston guys are tough, man. Oh, uh, they're tough. But, uh, yes, I will be down to say hello and hope you, uh, hope you have a big weekend that weekend, next weekend. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for being on the show, Trevor. Again, everyone, please check out the HHH Racing Podcast. We have a lot of fantastic Breeders' Cup uh, shows coming up, depending on when you're watching this episode. So, And we hope, Trevor, we'll hope to have you on again when you get some more grade one wins. But this time, you got to do it for Adelphi Racing. I was Thanks just going to say, man. absolutely. Uh, good luck to you. We appreciate it. And uh, take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks Trevor. Guys. All right, bye-bye. Paul, great guy. Uh, Trevor oh, McCarthy, terrific. Outstanding. And, you know, it, it just shows you, you know, how difficult this game can be. The, the ups, the downs, the injuries. And the luck. The luck. How about the, the Gufo Highland thing. Chief? Bye-bye. No, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it just, the, the luck is incredible there. You know, Gufo, right. they weren't know, know where he was going, and then Highland Chief ends up getting sick and going to Keeneland, yeah. and, you know, uh, Johnny V happened to ride him that day. It's interesting if he... There's one other horse in the turf that I think is a possibility for Johnny, but I would think at this point, uh, if Trevor's not going, you know, I would think if they do run Highland Chief in the turf, Johnny V will uh, will yeah. probably stay on him. Absolutely. Well, listen, I want to thank anyone for watching. I want to apologize for Paul's. Paul sounds been a little loud tonight. Uh, Paul, I'll tell yeah. <laughs> you'll, when you hear it back, you'll hear. Uh, Paul, stay on for a second. I'll talk to you after the show. But anyway, I want to thank everyone for watching. Episode four of All About Adelphi. Uh, next episodes will be coming up on uh, the next few months uh, regarding all things about the Adelphi Racing Club. This has been your host, Howard Kravitz, for Paul Howard, my co-host. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care. Good night. <laughs>